Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. For this five-part series of everything you wanted to know about monitors but were afraid to ask, I'm joined by Jay Rosen, the Vice President of Business Development and Monitoring Specialist at Affiliated Monitors. This series, we introduce the role of an independent integrity monitor and corporate monitorships, discuss both the pre-settlement and post-resolution monitorships and their different applications. We list out some of the considerations a company should take in hiring a monitor and conclude with costs around monitorships, how to prepare for them and how to keep them reasonable. It is a great primer on independent integrity monitors and corporate monitorships. I know you'll enjoy it going forward. In this episode one, we introduce independent integrity monitors and corporate monitorships. This special five-part presentation is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm thrilled to be here with Jay Rosen, Mr. Monitors himself, who is the VP of Business Developing and business development and monitoring specialist for affiliated monitors for part one of our five-part exploration of the always topical, everything you always wanted to know about monitors, but were afraid to ask. In this episode one, Jay introduces the topic. So Jay, first of all, uh, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks, Tom. I'm looking forward to the week-long podcast with you. So, Jay, this is going to be a great series that gives people a basic understanding about what monitors are, what they do, uh, how um, they can be used, and a variety of other topics. And I thought in this first episode, we could introduce the topic of what is a corporate monitor? Sure. Uh, I think it's a a great topic to bring up, and uh, we're going to address this from both the uh, very basic perspective. Uh, perspective, but we'll also get into some of the weeds as we get longer on into the week. Um, Since the turn of the century, many global corporations have settled Foreign Corrupt Practices Act matters with either a deferred prosecution agreement, a DPA, or a non-prosecution agreement, and they usually have a corporate integrity monitor assigned to their company from a period of 24 to 36 months. While many people are familiar with this occurrence in the FCPA setting, this is only one of many instances where a corporate monitor can be engaged to add value to the company that's in trouble or isn't yet in trouble. A few questions that we will consider during this exploration of monitors is should a corporate monitorship be feared if your company is in the middle of an FCPA matter? 
How can a monitor be leveraged to ensure your business is operating in an ethically compliant manner? Can a monitor be used in a manner other than post-settlement, such as proactively, to help forestall a government action? And then there's lots of talk about the alleged exorbitant costs associated with the monitor. Is this an urban myth or is it based on facts? So, Jay, how does uh, you, you articulated uh, some of the oversight um, that would be provided by a regulatory body, a prosecutorial body, or an agency body. But how does an agency come into play uh, for a monitor at this point? Sure. So, as you just said, monitors generally report to an oversight agency, whether it's the Department of Justice, the Security and Exchange Commission. These are the two regulators that we most often see involved in white-collar crime and FCPA matters. But uh, it also can be any other government regulator, and this is going to encompass the work with either a company or an individual. Specifically, there are issues that need to be monitored, as well as how often and to whom the corporate monitor is required to report. These are usually highly negotiated agreements and will be specifically addressed in either corporate compliance reporting or the independence compliance monitor section of an agreement. And that, uh, if you read enough of these, is usually known as attachment C. Um, I guess the next thing that we'd look about is who actually foots the cost for this bill. And the cost of the monitorship, unbeknownst to many, is borne by the company that is being overseen. It's a unique model. As unrelated, independent private persons or entities are still being overseen by a government agency or regulator monitoring a company, there are specific terms for that third-party monitor, and it is spelled out in the settlement document referred to just now. How does the payment occur? Because I know that is always on the minds of everyone involved in this. And how do you see that sort of playing out? Well, what happens, it's a unique strategy that the uh, payment uh, is taken care of by the entity that is being overseen. So if you have an issue with, say, the DOJ, the DOJ comes up with the terms that are negotiated in terms of how that uh, entity is going to pay for this. And then what happens is just kind of like if you look at it in an FCPA investigation, the company ends up footing the bill for the investigation. And this part, too, in the resolution with the monitor, the company will also foot the bill. Jay, another area of always, I think, interest is the subject matter expertise and indeed the, the expertise in the monitor and not only on subject matter of the company that they are overseeing, but really the process of being a monitor. And that's something that I don't think gets quite as much play, but I was wondering if you could really give some thoughts onto one subject matter expertise, but perhaps the broader question of how how do you actually consider the expertise of a monitor in being a monitor? Yeah, I, th- I think that's a real great question to ask, Tom. And from our perspective at Affiliated Monitors, the key for a successful monitorship correlates highly with the independent monitor's area of subject matter expertise. Obviously, first-rate knowledge of compliance and ethics is critical, but as monitoring is used across multiple diverse industries and businesses, a wider variety of technical experience is required. 
In our experience, we've used monitors in a healthcare setting and financial services, even to monitor police departments or educational providers to cities. It's a wide variety of subject matter experts may be required as part of this monitorship team to successfully complete the assignment. So from our perspective, there really is a certain way that you can conduct a monitorship. Uh, We'll get into that later in the series, but it's not about narrowly looking at certain metrics, but there's really uh, a special sauce that comes with what we do at Affiliated Monitors. And when you get in there, uh, sometimes we're really going to see it pay dividends when we talk about the costs later on in this series and then the best way to conduct a monitorship. It's not always about boiling the ocean, but it's about using your tuition, intuition and your experience as to how to go about uh, leveraging your expertise for both the benefit of the monitoring assignment for the government. And most importantly, we're always uh, concerned with striking a balance and taking care of the clients so they grow from the process moving forward. Jay, I know that uh, Affiliated Monitors has been involved in, uh, or I believe they've been involved in, uh, over 750 monitorships, really running the gamut from um, deferred prosecution agreements under the FCPA Foreign Corrupt Practices Act to a wide variety of other monitorships. And so I was wondering if you might give our audience just the, the sense of the breadth and scope of the different types of monitorships that AMI has been involved in and really how uh, we will explore in a little bit greater depth in some other podcasts how you can really use the monitorship concept as posited by AMI creatively to solve a lot of different problems. I'll go with a couple uh, recent live examples. There's uh, a matter that we're working on now, which is a, a FCC, uh, Federal Communications Commission matter, and it's a merger of two telecom companies. And nobody did anything wrong, but the government had posited that they really need to have a monitor to come in and ensure that certain merger conditions were being met. So we are looking at both the acquirer and the entity that was acquired. Uh, We're doing sampling, we're doing interviews, and we're making sure that what was promised in the merger agreement will actually come to fruition when the companies come together. Another matter that we're working for with the Federal Trade uh, Commission, the FTC, has to deal with uh, a retailer of uh, supplements. And again, there is an issue here about exactly how the company creates value. So there is no issue here about any malfeasance, but we are going in there to be the eyes and ears of the regulator and to prove to them that uh, what the company says they are doing from a sales perspective is actually happening. So just in those two uh, examples alone, it really doesn't have to deal with FCPA. It doesn't have to deal with a company doing something wrong, but it's ensuring that conditions that were set by the regulators will actually happen going forward. Jay, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I've been visiting today with uh, Jay Rosen, the Vice President of Business Development and Monitoring Specialist at Affiliated Monitors. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow where we take a look at post-resolution monitorships. Jay, I look forward to continuing the conversation. As do I. Thanks, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this first episode in our five-part exploration of everything you have wanted to know about monitors but were afraid to ask. I hope you will join us 
tomorrow for part two, where we discuss post-settlement monitorships. For additional reading, CGA Rosen's article, Corporate Monitorship 101, Who Are They and What Can You Expect on Corporate and Compliance Insights. Finally, for more information on affiliated monitors, check out their website. We've got links to both in the show notes. This podcast is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.